morning. Love those Irish guys. Welcome to HR Tech Weekly, One Step Closure with Stacey Harris and John Sumser. Hi, Stacey. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well, John. I am enjoying a nice warm, well, somewhat warm, but, but nice sunny day here in North Carolina. Watching the daffodils out my window, so I'm doing quite well. Spring is around the corner, so I hear. How about you? Oh, well, so we are pioneering the word flood out in my of the woods. Have you ever heard of an atmospheric river? I have not, but it doesn't sound good, especially not near my house. <laughs> yeah, no, so atmospheric rivers are rivers in the atmosphere, and the waterfall appears to be within a 10-mile of my house. And so it just it has rained like nobody's business. There's a, a place about 10 miles from the house called Venado, California, that had 20 inches of rain in 48 hours which is you, you know unbelievable and and so my little town sits in a bend in the river and the river is surging uh, maybe 20 miles down the river is a town called Heels Healdsburg, I mean, uh, Guerneville, and Guerneville is an island in the middle of the river now. And you can't get in or out if you're not in a boat. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. Uh, and it's the rainy season here. We we get this every once in a while. I was just going to say, so, it's just, I mean, California's supposed to have the best weather in the world or somewhat close to it, right? Or the most normal, I would say. Is that, you think that's pretty much at this point just not going to be the case? You guys seem to have constant ups and downs these days, or is this just normal cycle stuff? Oh, oh, you know, you know, it never really gets below forty, and it rarely gets above eighty. So, on that level, right? right you know, we saw snow a month or so back, and it was really unusual first time in twenty years or something like that. So, we don't get cold in the way that the East Coast does or the or the mid uh, North gets, but it rains from November to the 1st of April every year, it's just a question of, does it every day from November to April, or does it rain a little between November and April? So there's variations there, but it's still the best weather in the world. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. True Californian. <laughs> we, we will take your, we'll take your assertion from that one. And, and, uh... <laughs> it's, it's the best weather in the world if it doesn't snow very often. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. <laughs> Well, and how are, and, but you're home this week, so, but you just got back from the recruiting conference, correct? That was last week, the recruiting and trends conference? Went to the recruiting, conference, recruiting trends conference last week, and I went to True San Francisco, which is a whole recruiting unconference. That they've had 650 things over the last 10 years, and this was a gathering in San Francisco. There were probably 110 or 20 people in the building. It was in the offices of Good & Co., which is another sort of culture measurement operation. And it was a lot of fun. The true conferences tend to bring out active, interesting voices who have big opinions about recruiting in HR. And so, and so that was particularly interesting. The Recruiting Trends Conference was... I actually got inspired to think about something at the Recruiting Trends Conference that I hadn't thought about in a very long time, which is, what does it mean that recruiting has a 50% success rate? And the statistic that's always quoted, that by the 18th month, hiring managers feel that 50% of, the, of their new hires were mistakes. My goodness. 
right? That's Harvard Business Review. You know, that, that data is everywhere. And that's how hiring managers feel. That, that doesn't take account for the ones that the hiring managers like who think they got a bad job, too. Yeah. Right? So, so, so this, is a, this is a process that doesn't work very well. Rusty Roof, who is sort of a long-term investor, he was the HR guy who ran HR at Electronic Arts for a while, gave the opening talk at last week's conference. And his question was, what about all the misery that recruiting causes? And it's a very interesting question because if you've got half of the people, half of the new hires in jobs that, that the hiring manager doesn't think they're any good at or they don't like or what it is, you've got this stress ball that turns into people getting fired. These are the people who get laid off when the layoff comes. And so recruiting is directly responsible for a level of misery culture that is horrifying. And there is no no measure of accountability that I can find for this stuff. And so, so I've been thinking about that. Wow. Well, those are some deep thoughts on what is recruiting responsible for or not responsible for, you know, and how much of that is a management conversation. But it actually fits pretty closely. We, you know, I was at the Kahuna Workforce Software, it's the Competency Management Systems, their CAB event, which is their sort of customer advisory board event that they have every year they had down in Houston. Um, that was a, was a similar conversation, but just in a different, completely different space, right? They were talking, we were having conversations about what percentage of the workforce, and in the U.S., it's, it's somewhere around 25% that are in positions where they are either overskilled or underskilled, so much so that it makes them unhappy at their job environment, that in those environments, people are more unhappy in those jobs with their, their work efforts or the, the work they have to do than they, than they would be with their managers, and that people leave jobs for that reason more so. And for a competency software that tracks skill sets, obviously that's an interesting conversation if you know, people are just not matched up with the appropriate skills. I don't know how much of that plays into what you were talking about. Are, are we hiring them with the wrong skills? Or are they just getting into jobs where they're eventually overskilled or underskilled? But those two worlds seem to be colliding a little bit in conversations, it sounds like. Uh, the question is, who's responsible for it? Can it be fixed? And you know, is the system going to do anything about it, right? Yeah, well, well, I think it starts with identifying the problem. And I'll tell you what, I ran an unconference session on this topic. I'm so charmed with the question that I ran an unconference session on it on, on Tuesday in, in San Francisco at the True Thing. And not one of the recruiters there thought it was a good idea that recruiters should be responsible for the results of their work. <laughs> well... I'm not surprised, but I will have to say, I don't think there's anybody, any of the skills managers in the competency management conference I was at who would have said it was their responsibility if people weren't appropriately hired into something, even though they had tracked, uh, maybe it was their job to track the, the skills and requirements for that particular position. So I, I think there's a lot of blame to go around in this space, but I doubt anyone will want to raise their hands for it, right? <laughs> yeah, well, it's interesting that it so quickly gets to whose fault is it. Yeah. When the real question is, you know what, if the recruiting process causes divorces, maybe recruiters should be required to go to people's houses when the divorce gets firmed up and see the consequences of recruiting. And, 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 and you don't have to say it's your fault. Just understand this is the consequence. 
bankruptcy, loss of loss of confidence in parenting relationships, right? Depression. These are the consequences of mistakes in recruiting. And regardless of whose fault it is, the should be on what do we need to do to make sure this doesn't happen so much, right? There's Although, to go around. Plenty yeah, that, to go around. That's an important conversation to be had. Now, I think there are, we, we're probably going to find that a lot of softwares probably are feeling that they can address some of this. Is this not the whole conversation about better matches, you know, taking that responsibility off of recruiting? I mean, much of the talk this week is about software and what it's going to be doing uh, for recruiting. Is, is that the role of the new recruiting software? Oh, I think it's pretty clear that it's going to make it worse, right? Because what artificial intelligence does is it looks for rules, right? The whole point of machine learning and natural language processing is to discover rules and principles inside of the inside of the data set. And so going to look to make more rigid decisions about who fits and who doesn't fit. And the problem is largely the job description and the resume are both documents that are for marketing purposes, not for job assignment purposes. And so so as long as that's the foundation of selection, there's going to be this. Well, I think that my, my audience of Competency management would have probably cheered at your comment there because I think they are oftentimes feeling the same way that they do a lot of job analysis and that data and information never quite reaches a job matching or the job hiring point of it, right? But you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in the news this week that I think talks exactly to what we're talking about. So maybe maybe we can Great. decipher it and get a little bit detailed. We got some real interesting stuff going on this week. We got uh, JobKate raises a hundred million dollars for blue collar workers with to connect blue collar workers with employers. I had not heard of JobCase previously, but we can talk a little bit about that, too, how it fits into what we're talking about. Landit is a personalized career pathing application, particularly for diverse candidates. It received $13 million in funding for their career pathing platform. Loom, and this is a, a little bit off track from what we were talking about with recruiting and the responsibility of how people fit into jobs, but maybe more so about the idea of communications. Loom is a California-based work communication tool. They raised $11 million in Series A funding. At the same time, we saw Red, which is another work-enabling conversation communication platform, come out of their stealth beta testing and receive $10.5 million. And then we also see some more, I think, interesting stuff in this communications and tracking and where everybody's at. $3 million seed found running for Make You Safe, which one of my favorite conversations, we may not get to it today, but to talk about what should we be tracking and what should we be doing with that data on employees. And this is a particular company that does it focused on safety requirements. And then we definitely have to take some time today to talk about the name change for Global Force. They have changed their name to their uh, annual event conference name as well to work human. So they went from global force to work human. There's some insight in that this week. And I think we might want to start with this one because it, I think it relates directly to the conversation we were just having. IBM apologizing for using ethnic labels like yellow and mulatto on job applications, particularly here in the U.S. That is probably one of the biggest topics this week. And maybe we'll start there. What do you think about that, Josh? <laughs> This is the news that came out of the Wall Street Journal. It was a basically started off by a tweet that was put out by a job applicant here in the United States who basically said they were highly offended by, uh, and these were online job applicant tools, 
And if you look at the tweet and the picture in the tweet, it specifically shows the URL of that application. And that application happens to be one of the biggest names that doesn't quite exist, but falls underneath what our, our good friends Connexa had purchased, which is Brass Ring Application. So that's obviously the tool that they are using to take this online application process. This was, I think, big news. And yet me and you both said this, we know where this came from. It wasn't anything that was you know, someone didn't make a mistake per se, but a configuration was set up incorrectly in this, correct? Yeah, well, so it's, you, you know, the idea that you can have global information systems is problematic, partly because the language people use to describe things in one culture is different than the language that people use to describe things in another culture for historical reasons, for reasons. And what's offensive in the United States may offensive somewhere else, and what's not offensive in the United States may well be offensive somewhere else. So Americans are are constantly denigrated for being overly blunt and ill-mannered, and that's what it, it feels like to experience an American in a European Asian culture or, or Middle Eastern culture. And here we are getting a chance to experience the labeling that's done in non-American cultures, and it's tricky to understand what's right and wrong. And it's trickier still to ensure that there are walls between those so that you don't have a blunder like this one. Yeah, the, the actual comment from the Vice President of Communications at IBM was, our recruiting website temporarily and inappropriately solicited information concerning job applicant ethnicity based on local government requirements in Brazil and South Africa, which basically means to me that somebody clicked a button, hit a configuration setting that they shouldn't have, and we know that now this kind of configuration setting, especially in a cloud environment, is very much usually sitting on the shoulders of a HRIT professional or a HR functional leader who is in charge of the technology for their recruiting environment. Somebody hit the wrong configuration button here, and this is what happens, right? Yeah, somebody hit the wrong configuration button, which means that the theory that you can leave the configuration of an system to somebody who isn't paying attention is now suspect, right? Mm-hmm. And one has to wonder, this is a this is a blatant example, but the idea that the vendor is no longer responsible for the configuration of the system, that that's a company job, this is where that runs into trouble. Yeah, exactly. And and this is where we, we also, I think, need to understand the requirements of the skill sets of the people who are being held accountable to these systems. I think, you know, the idea that, you know, I, we, I've been doing a lot of research in sort of whether or not this is an IT professional, an HRIT professional, or some other mixture of those skill sets, right, within an organization. But whoever does this has to have a good understanding of the business outcomes, the regulations, and the IT issues, right, of all these settings that they're creating. Obviously, whoever's made this mistake, didn't understand one or the other, or wasn't aware of it enough to appropriately configure it It, for this small, short amount, and it gets into the Wall Street Journal, right? That's a huge thing to have something get into the Wall Street Journal like that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's bad for business. You are the company whose configuration was set. It's bad for business. (laughs) Well, and then we, we also have, I guess, branding conversation around what's going on over at GloboForce. Global Force is a, well, they were basically a rewards and recognition company for many, many years, but they have transformed their branding and their, their platform and their perspective to a 
growing social recognition and continuous performance management platform, and they are changing their name from Global Force to Work Human and becoming a, what their perspective is, a, a, an organization focused on the work human environment. What do you think about that, John? Any, any commentary there? I know oftentimes you are not the best fan of rewards recognition applications. Yeah, no, I, 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 rewards and recognition stuff works great in certain things for a certain amount of time, but it's, you know, it's not at all clear that it's a sustainable way of doing stuff. So I'm not, I'm not sure how to make sense out of the change in naming from global force to work human. But I'll tell you that their work human conference, which I have studiously avoided, is a transformative thing that's way bigger than rewards and recognition. This is no longer a key company. And it's entirely possible that they are able to sort of break out of that orbit. And I'd love to see it. They've managed to gather very smart people. Perhaps they can be the first company to have a conference that transforms the company. That was exactly what I was thinking. I was like, this is an interesting sort of shift. You know, do we see a lot of marketing and hype and, you know, things around sort of what's not really happening in organizations, and then they put a slap a new name on it? This feels a little bit different in that I think, you know, the actual comment here from the CEO is a mission with a company. They're taking that work human concept and taking their technology and trying to figure out how they can make those two sort of basically work together. And so, I don't know, it'll be interesting. I I, I will not be able to attend this event either this year. I have tried for the last several years to attend it, but unfortunately, because of other conference conflicts, it's never seemed to be able to make it to the list. But I will be looking forward to hearing what's coming out of it this year to see what they're going to be doing differently as the new work human cloud platform that they're talking about. Yeah, I'd love to. The, the basic idea is that a continuous level of feedback is a good thing. Yeah. Right? That's where they're headed. Continuous feedback is a good thing. And continuous feedback with a guitar hurts your ears. Um, <laughs> and right, generally speaking, continuous feedback loops drive signals off mission. So I will be very interested to hear how they do with this notion that they're going to provide this performance management, because I certainly wouldn't want to have a voice on my shoulders at least correcting and directing me. I think, I think lots of people prize independence over continuous feedback loops, and so interesting to see what they do there. And that might be very much a generational thing, too. So we'll have to see about that. I mean, there is a reality that the the generation, you know, I know my son and, and my, both my sons in different generations are eager for feedback from the right sources. That's always the commentary, right? They're not sure they always want feedback from me, but there is always something they are sort of working on on a, on a feedback level. So, so this may be a, another form of that as well. So, yep, definitely. Another yep. type of looking at feedback is sort of where funding is going in the HR technology market. The biggest funding round uh, this week was JobCase. Do you know much about JobCase? They're a self-described open access platform for job seekers and employers. But they've secured $100 million in equity round by Strategic Growth and uh, their Boston startup. They've already raised, or so it looks like their total raise is $118.9 million. But yeah, this is, this is another what seems like job matching site? That's my take from it. Am I missing something here? 
It's a job matching site. You know, it's astonishing. 25 years into the job evolution, people are starting to go, oh, oh, not just white people with degrees have jobs. <laughs> you, you know, the 30% of the market in the United States that has a resume and has a salary depation has been heavily served by applicant tracking systems and job boards. The rest of the market has not. And the rest of the market is actually where most people work. So this is a cool thing. Yeah. It says it's, uh, 70% of the U.S. adults with a four year, uh, without a four-year college degree is who they're targeting. And they are, you know, they have basically focusing on fees for pages with information about job openings. So $229 for one job, $249. They're giving like actual like small amounts that you can sort of put on to get various jobs posted and see jobs. And they, they're sort of kind of touting themselves maybe as a little bit like a LinkedIn, like LinkedIn job case and upload work histories and backgrounds. I said, this is an interesting, this is a lot of money, you know, in this market for what we've seen this year. And so, and the fact that I hadn't seen them previously, you know, that might be a bit of, of, of my own challenge of, of maybe to your point, sometimes we have blinders on, we're not looking at the products that are, that are working across various industries and, and organizations. And this might be one of those cases, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, can we create a similar culture of sort of job searching in the sort of blue-collar work environment as what we find here in the sort of LinkedIn environment is what you would call it, right? Yep, that's a great long conversation. It's worth mentioning that um, there was a, a recent report that estimated Craigslist revenues from job ads at a billion dollars a year. Wow. Wow, okay. So there so that's no value add, just jobs in a in a deep distribution mechanism. So you can imagine that there's a flurry of activity as people try to figure out how to rationalize the economic labor market. Yeah, particularly. Well, I I will be watching this. I I want to see where this goes because I, I there's a lot to do with sort of I think this skills conversation that I had last week with the uh, competency management group. And this idea of sort of a different level of work within organizations and skills matching. And this might get to some of our earlier conversation about, you know, do, are you hiring the right people for the right jobs as well? So very, very true. We have a few more minutes. There's a couple other funding, I think, projects that, that came out this week. Landed is a career pathing platform. I think probably the most notable thing about them is they gained $13 million in funding, a funding red round led by WeWork and backed by investors from Valo Ventures and Workday Ventures. So this is another sort of Workday Venture-backed organization. And they're focusing on diverse workforce path career pathing and employee engagement retention is a big focus for them. But my understanding of this is that, you know, it's another small company that's sort of sitting in this space of helping. Originally, I think it was focused on women. I think it's, it's expanded to the success of women in diverse groups in the workplace. That's its market and its personalized career pathing. I haven't had an opportunity to look at this organization either, but there is, I think, money here in this space. But career pathing is not something we hear a lot about. And I haven't seen a lot of it in any of the big ERP applications either being done very well. Career pathing is sort of the last thing people think about generally. Yeah, and it's hard to get right, particularly in this environment where jobs change fairly rapidly. And the idea that there is such a thing as a career path is at least somewhat hypothetical. So I'll be fascinated to see what they're doing. It'll be, you know, I think career pathing is a place where 
We have not seen any of the big systems pick up this gauntlet. Maybe this is always and will always be a niche play, but I've always thought it was something that was missing in the big enterprise applications in a way that talked about it from the employee's perspective, not from the business's needs, right? And so it would be great to see if Landit maybe could make a name for itself in this space and, and build something. So. So we have a lot more to talk about that we're probably not going to get today, mostly on the communication side. Maybe we can leave that for next week to talk about communication applications um, and how that's working in the HR technology market these days. Let's do that. Great conversation. I sure appreciate it. Definitely. Always have a good time doing it. Yep. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. You've been to HR Tech Weekly, One Step Closer with Stacey Harris and John Sumter. We'll see you back next week. Bye-bye now. Thanks, everyone.